lot of things you could be doing right now, but you're not. You're listening. You chose to work on you, spend time thinking through what can make your marriage better, and you chose to think about love. Whenever you get better, your marriage gets better. With that, I want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I'm sitting here with my husband and also my co-host, Travis. Yeah, we're so glad that you guys are tuning in, and it's just fun to be hanging out together again, Dawn, and thinking about uh, all those things that make up what a great marriage really is. And pulling Jesus into it, because he should be the center of every marriage. You know what? It's funny just to sit here and think, I feel like we just recorded a podcast last week, but there were so many things that have happened in between right now and our last podcast we recorded. Like life just gets busier. It's good. It's just so many memories. Yeah. Like the two bowls of cereal we poured last night and the toast that we ate with it. Like a lot happened. But of course, uh, I think what you're talking about is I I had a couple funerals over the last week and a half. And wow, it is really special to be able to be with people and to officiate the funeral of that person that they love. And I've just really been enjoying uh, writing funeral messages that, um, you know, that that really celebrate the right. person, but yep. reflect on who God is. And of course, we're pastors. We don't just do funerals. We are also married and, and live life and play pickleball and eat too much chocolate yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> a lot going on. Hasn't there been? It's funny because I, again, I just think of like, you just said that you were working on two funerals and people listening probably like, Wow. Like they probably never think about funerals, but that's part of what we do. I know this last week we had a big campus leadership meeting and I got a chance to speak and share and encourage a lot of leaders at our campus. It was just fun to connect with them, but just something random, but fun to do. Like, but a lot of people, maybe their jobs are completely different. So you might be listening going, wow, like that's interesting, two different things, but It's just cool what we are able to do in our week, in our job. But then last night you talked about two bowls of cereal. We each had a bowl. Like we we did, yeah, not two each. Thanks for clarifying (laughs) that. It's last night was normally our date night, and I think we came home from work, and I sat on the couch and I grabbed a blanket real quick because I was cold. I began to talk about my day, and I was just tired. We just looked at each other like we're kind of gassed right now. Like let's just stay in for the night, eat cereal and peanut butter toast, so something quick and easy. Watch a movie that we wanted to watch on Netflix and honestly just enjoy our evening. And it was great. It was something that we needed to do because we move a lot. So I woke up this morning feeling well rested, way above my alarm. Um, Yeah, just a good morning. And now tonight is date night. Right. Uh, Had that, you know, the fireplace just loaded with wood, tons of uh, flames just flying out of there. It was awesome. But yeah, it's so fun to just start a new day and be filled up. Um, But it's been a great week and we're so glad that everybody's listening. Well, all right. Well, on with the episode. The title of this episode is Three Key Ingredients for a Bad Marriage. And I like that title, but we actually had... an alternate title that we came up with, and it's Why Every Couple Needs a Bad Marriage. And you told me that title. I was like, wait. Yeah. I don't know. That's the great, greatest thing to Probably not the right to title. Talk about. Yeah. Um, even though it's true, and you guys will be able to see that at the end of the episode, why that might be true, we're just going to go ahead and stick with three key ingredients for a bad marriage. So, you know, we're going to just dig into that word bad. So, when something is bad, It doesn't mean that it's no longer good. Sometimes something that has actually gotten bad gets better. And I can give you a great example of this is it's bread. Like if you think about Mm, bread yeast, um, it has this single cell fungus in it called saccharomyces. 
Serovici. Yeah. I had to, <laughs> to Google it to say how to say I'm not sure how to this. say that either. It's pretty scientific. But there's this yeast in it that it needs this fungus to make it just delicious or yogurt that has a lactic acid bacteria like it needs this bacteria or cheese think of all that's in cheese like there's something that's bad in all of these things but you have to have them in order to make these this delicious food all have chemical reactions those three things have these chemical reactions with this bacteria this fungus and you get the chemistry right and you end up with soft fluffy bread that is delicious when served with hot slathered butter. Oh my, I can so relate to what you're saying right there because growing up, my mom made homemade bread all the time and she would pull it out, slice it up and we would throw butter on there and it was just straight up heaven. Yeah. It was incredible. (laughs) It was so, so good. You know, when I think of bread, I think of Texas Roadhouse. I do. They have the most amazing rolls, those hot rolls when you walk in with cinnamon butter. Oh, they're, like, you can't. That's the, the reason we go to Texas Roadhouse. That's the reason we go to the gym yes, to work out, yeah. to get rid of all that we you know, ate at Texas Roadhouse so we can go back right, yep. and eat there again. Their rolls are amazing. Well, kind of like bread, you know, you have to have that bacteria in there, that... Um, that yeast that has to be a part of it. When you get the chemistry right for Greek yogurt as well, like you have to have that bacteria. It it becomes creamy and delicious and can be filled with fruits and honey, but it's the chemistry. When the chemistry is right, you end up with a mountain of amazing food, kind of like pizza. Like you have to have that cheese. It goes bad. You have to add a bad ingredient in order for it to get better. So you can have this amazing pizza right now. Our our favorite pizza is mine personally, Casey's pizza, which is just a gas station, (laughs) but they have really good cheese. I don't know what it is. Uh, People laugh at me when I say that, but it's my favorite right now. Oh, it's exceptional. (laughs) But here's the funny thing. I don't think you realize Don, um, but we have just endorsed like 80 (laughs) different companies or restaurants or whatever. But I mean, there's some of our favorites, right? Uh, But I think what we're getting at is when something is bad, it doesn't mean that it's no longer good. I mean, sometimes something has, you know, that's gone bad actually gets better. And that's why those are great examples, Don, you know, the, the cheese, the yogurt, the bread, like, by the way, what are what's your favorite? If you had to pick your favorite out of those three, like what's your top number one? I honestly, I'll have to say bread. I think I'm just a sucker for for good bread. It never hurts my stomach. It just sits right in there. It doesn't give you any side effects from, you know, like yogurt and cheese can sometimes do to your body. But man, bread just is amazing. Oh, it's so good. And I'm going to have to say yogurt, although I love bread. It's definitely number two, but yogurt is just insane. As you know, I eat multiple uh, dishes of yogurt Greek a day. Yogurt. And it's funny, Travis, because you look at me, you're like, we need to go to the grocery store. We're out of food. And I look and I'm like, no, we have lots of food. It's because we're out of yogurt. Out of like, your so yogurt. Out yes, of yogurt. Yes. You have to go to the store because you think we have no food. And I just think it's funny. It, you it's love an addiction. Yogurt. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. What's so cool about the foods that we just mentioned is taking place within them is kind of what you mentioned on a chemical reaction that allows a fermenting and aging or or souring. And those methods that take place actually make those, you know, breads or, or foods better. Um, and so like, for instance, milk, when it goes bad in your fridge and it starts to curdle, well, it's actually halfway to becoming cheese. I mean, that's what cheese becomes. We don't 
drink it though. We throw it away. We do. I can't. The, uh, the minute it starts smelling sour, I get rid of it. Yeah, I can't stand <laughs> chewing my milk. No, like that's, you don't. I think I did that milk. once when I was a kid. <laughs> Threw it up. I'm done with Even that. Even if you try to put, you know, chocolate sauce in it to make it chocolate milk, no, but it doesn't get rid of that sour taste. Oh, I totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Well, then it'd be chocolate cottage cheese. Oh, that's yuck, what it'd be. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, you and I were talking just a little bit ago down about this. How it doesn't just apply to food. I mean, when something goes bad, it can actually get better. Right. And so you mentioned lifting weights. Yeah, we're trying to like get our arms a little bit in shape. Well, not you, your arms, your body. But um, so, yeah, we want to lift weights. But what happens when you lift a weight? You kind of actually rip your muscles first. You do. And then you have to keep lifting. And eventually it repairs the muscle and builds them and makes you stronger. But it's weird. Something bad has to happen before it become, can become good. Yeah, the muscle gets damaged. It does, And yeah. that damaging makes it better. And we just recently got a weight bench. We added it to our basement uh, gym and we've been lifting weights a lot more lately. Well, all of that comes to a, a new passion that I have now that at least I think it's a passion. I'm kind of new into it. I discovered this thing about two months ago, a drink called kombucha. And somebody had given me a drink of one, uh, I, I believe it was about seven years ago. They gave me a little sip of uh, some kombucha that they had made at home. And I I just thought, man, this stuff's weird. I don't really like it. But about two months ago, for whatever reason, I, I bought one and I'm like, I'm going to try this. And I liked it. I, I was like, whoa, wait a second. What is this? It like tastes sour, but yet it's carbonated, but it's slightly sweet. And it was just delicious. It's like a drink that we don't really have. Um, that's a pop or, you know, something else. And so as I, I started to buy more from the store and I go there on and off and, and, and then it finally hit me. I'm like, wait a second. I've heard of people making this in their home. And so I started watching videos and reading up on it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you I did can, your research. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can actually make this stuff in my own home and I love it. And then, but then I get to control the the flavor and I can add, you know, whatever it is, infuse it with strawberries or, you know, infuse it with, uh, um, you know, maybe kiwis or, or carrots or whatever, you know, cause it can be savory or sweet. And so I very quickly realized that you have to have bottles to be able to make it in your home. Uh, but uh, also it ferments. So you end up uh, putting it in a big glass uh, gallon jar and it ferments and really it's just sweet tea. That's all it is. It's sweet tea. And you put this ugly, gross looking kind of creature thing in there. It's called a scoby and it actually looks like an alien. It's like brown and stringy and gross and rubbery. And, and I, you know, you have to put it in the jar and that's what starts the fermenting process. I think we need to go back. I think you need to tell them what happened <laughs> When your SCOBY arrived, I mean, you ordered the SCOBY on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. And what happened? I know. Can you believe it? You can order this little alien SCOBY thing uh, that on Amazon. This blob and, of something. Yeah, and to make the kombucha. And this the Amazon guy, he... he drops it off in our mailbox. He doesn't ring the front door. He doesn't drop it on the front door step. He just puts it in our mailbox and it's like 40 below zero. Yeah, it was really cold, <laughs> really cold this last and, couple of weeks. And the SCOBY is just a, a, a lump of bacteria and it can't get cold or it dies and it won't work. <laughs> I probably lasted one second. In the I know, <laughs> I know. So anyway, so it's, 
hopefully, hopefully the SCOBY is going to be alive. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, and then, you know, the other thing is it takes time for the drink to get better. So it, it, you know, sure it ferments, but it ferments over about seven days. Now, the cool thing is I have my first batch. It's just one level above us. It's in my closet in the dark with a towel over it. It's fermenting. I can't wait. It's drinkable today. So I'm super, super excited. So you guys probably have figured out I'm I'm dialed in. Can't You're wait to make my it. own. <laughs> yeah, I must admit I'm not a super big fan of it. You kept giving me sips of all the different flavors you tried. I'm like, ah, oh, huh? I'll stick with my Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, <laughs> you know, another endorsement. But anyway, so here's why we, I bring up the kombucha because in our marriages we need to have a marriage that has the right bad chemistry to make it better. Just like kombucha and yogurt and you know, cheese and all, all that stuff, milk. Here's the thing. When we add the right things, we end up with a stronger marriage that can thrive daily and over a lifetime. What does the word bad mean for us? Well, we're not saying to have a bad marriage where you're punching and you're kicking and you're screaming and hollering. Not we're not all. talking about that type of bad marriage. What we're talking about is an acronym for three very important ingredients that create the right chemistry in a marriage. So if we break down the word bad, B for buoyant, A for attitude and D for determination. Let's look a little closer at this easily remembered recipe for a great relationship. So the B is for buoyancy. What does buoyancy mean? If we, you know, dig into this a little bit, it means to quickly bounce back to the surface. Kind of when, you know, if you're boating and you, you have a little, even a bobber, you can pull it down, but it, man, it just bounces right back up, right? There's yeah. buoyancy in this bobber. And part of that too comes from, uh, you know, when I was making kombucha and I thought of a, a bottle, you know, and, and you put it underwater, the, the bottle, just like you said, the bobber, you know, pops back up. Yeah, Bottles, bobbers, right up. they, yeah, they pop back up to the surface. When you have buoyancy in your marriage, you don't stay angry or bitter, but you're actually really quick to forgive. Again, something happens, kind of like that bobber goes under the water, but boom, you pop right back up. If you have buoyancy in your marriage, you understand that evil is real and you fight back together against it. Not against each other, but you fight against the evil. Matthew 5, 23 says this, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to them then come and offer your gift what jesus is saying here in matthew is leave the gift at the altar and make it right then go back and offer your worship jesus was saying don't worship me with unforgiveness or conflict in your heart yeah i think what he was trying to get at is have buoyancy in your relationships like if you go to worship god and you think you're a strong christian and you have a close relationship with god and and all of a sudden you're like wait there i have something against my husband or i have something against my wife Stop your worship because your worship is going to be contaminated. Go and make it right and then go back right, yep. to worship God. So have that buoyancy of like, okay, something's not right. I'm below the surface. Now I'm going to get back to where it needs to be. I wish there was a little tool that could measure our buoyancy. Cause like, honestly, think about, are you buoyant? Are you going to pop right back up? Or does it, you know, is it like a slow motion pop up or does it stay down for a really, really long time and then pop back up? What is, what is your buoyancy in your marriage? And that's what we need. And, and that's, what's so cool about anything that has air in it. And you try to hold it under the water. It's always pushing against it you. Is, it's yep. always saying, 
nope, I'm going to get back to the top of the water. And that's exactly the way our marriages need to be, where, where they're getting pushed down by the devil. They're getting pushed down by life um, or conflict or whatever it is. And, and we're like, no, we're going to get back to the surface and we're going to get some oxygen into our marriage. Again, we're talking about three key ingredients for a bad marriage and B is for buoyancy. Now, A is for attitude. And we all need life-giving attitudes in marriage, but that's hard. That's hard, Don, because you wake up with me some days and I'm a grump or, you know, I don't get uh, the food when I need it. So I get hangry or whatever it is. Or maybe or I'm you definitely come. a time person and I'm like, man, when our, we're over on our time, my attitude kind of adjusts. Yes. Yeah. Or you come home from work or maybe you're tired and you're frustrated, you know, whatever that is. And sometimes in life, it's just tough to have a good attitude, but we need to stop and say, okay, what are the right attitudes that we should all be having in marriage? And as we talked about it and thought about it, you know, some of the ones that are really important is just being humble. Being humble is a, you know, in marriage is, is saying, look, I, I'm going to accept responsibility. I know I'm not perfect. I'm going to work harder on myself or being positive is a great quality and not thinking that everything's going to always be negative. If your marriage is in a spiral down, start thinking positively or are grateful. Like I'm grateful for my wife or I'm grateful for my you know husband. He went and mowed the lawn or my wife made this amazing meal, you know, whatever that is and, and kindness in marriage or being a good listener, um, always making sure that you're hearing and listening and then even being a, a learner someone who learns from their spouse and not just criticizes them or judges them or, you know, always, always trying to coach them, but somebody who's like, wait, what can I learn from my spouse? And so those are some, you know, really great attitudes, but the A is for attitude. And obviously we would want to point you to the fruits of the spirit in Galatians 522, because that really are, you know, is, is a great place to be able to find the right attitudes. So we talked about having a bad marriage, B being buoyancy, A being attitude. Attitude in D. D is for Dawn. No, I'm just kidding. It is for Dawn. <laughs> but it is for determination. It's what some have called a pre decision. Giving up is just not an option. You are determined. Um, you're not going to give up in this moment. You're saying, I won't walk away from important conversations, even when I don't think that it's important. But my spouse does. It says, I won't give up on communication and get angry right away. I'm going to stick it out and be determined. It's honestly plain the long game, mm, looking at marriage that. and life and playing the long game that you are married for life. You will be there from death to us part. You will be there till the end. And it's saying we won't run from conflict, but towards conflict so we can find solutions, not yeah. looking for conflict, but finding solutions to that conflict. Yeah. Not name calling or all right, let's just get together so we can argue, but like those solutions right. that you mentioned Don, and that's great because that really adds to the ability of the marriage to be able to handle it for the long haul, right. but that commitment. You know, there's this kind of a grumpy quote that we found, but honestly, we kind of like it. So we're going to share it is by Robert Brault. And it says, the older I get, the less time I want to spend with the part of the human race that didn't marry me. <laughs> like, I think that's great. I don't know how grumpy that is, but it's true. Like, man, we just want to be, get at a point in our marriage where we just really like hanging out. We like yeah. being together. And, you know, that's probably 
we want to make sure that we're the most important person in each other's lives. And so I, I appreciate that quote. Yeah. So do you have a bad marriage? I hope you do. We hope you do that. You have these three letters, these qualities in your marriage. We need to have a marriage that has the right bad chemistry to make it better. And when we add the right things, we end up with a stronger marriage that can actually thrive daily and over a lifetime. Again, the three ingredients to make a marriage better, bad, buoyancy, attitude and determination. Like honestly, those are three key ingredients for a bad marriage, but really ultimately it's going to make it better. Kind of like that sourdough, like that, whatever that bacteria is, it makes it sour. It actually makes the bread better. Yes. And remember when you get better, your marriage gets better. When you work on you, you work on too. Well, Hey everyone, we want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the loving the fight marriage podcast. Remember you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. 